Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. I'm presenting a series of programs on Romans chapter 13, and today's program is a continuation of the previous broadcast. Now, in the previous broadcast, I was explaining the differences between voluntary taxes, involuntary taxes. I was also explaining the dynamics of shifting responsibilities, and this is where I would like to pick up, is on the subject of shifting responsibilities, that eventually... People will want to give their responsibilities to somebody else, and there are many reasons for that. It gives people an opportunity to be preoccupied with other things, of course, but it also gives people an opportunity to blame others for anything that might go wrong. If they say, well, it's their responsibility, somebody else's responsibility besides mine, then they can say that it's not their personal fault. They can also say that if they were in charge, they would make different decisions that would have better outcomes, things like that. It is an opportunity for people to elevate themselves, to produce more pride within themselves. There is a religious motive behind giving responsibility to another individual to be in charge, to have authority. Now, at the end of the previous program, I explained that without authority you are not going to be able to fulfill your responsibilities. It's like this in the home and in the workplace and in government. This is a fundamental truth that exists within every society, and that is that if an individual has a certain responsibility and they do not have the necessary authority to fulfill that responsibility, then they will experience failure. They will fail to fulfill their responsibilities. Now, If people assume that government has responsibilities or if they ask government to have responsibilities, then they have to give the government, the government has to have the necessary authority to fulfill those responsibilities. And what will it take in order to fulfill those responsibilities? Well, it depends on the responsibility. For example, if it's the responsibility of the government to feed its people, then the government needs the authority to get food in order to feed its people. And where will they get this food from? Will will they go out and grow it and then harvest it and then they'll give it to the people in general? No, this is not what happens. They find somebody else who has done the labor of growing the food and harvesting the food and maybe preparing some of the food, and then they take it from those people to give to the people who they are responsible to feed. This is how it works. There is no other way. If the government is responsible to ensure that people have a place to live, then they're going to need a tremendous amount of authority to enslave whoever they have to to ensure that these people, these slaves, do whatever is necessary in order to provide these other people with a place to live. That's what I'm talking about, is that they have to have 
authority if you expect them to have responsibilities. So this is the situation, and that is that people have responsibilities and they have to decide what they are truly going to be responsible for. Now I'm going to divide this up into two categories. I'm going to say that there are private responsibilities and there are public responsibilities. Now, there can be many public responsibilities that you would expect a government to have. For example, in general, people are looking for the government to provide leadership for national defense. They are looking to the government to provide a way of interacting and interfacing with other governments. There is value in having a government. There are responsibilities that they could legitimately have, and they could have legitimate authority in order to fulfill those responsibilities. I'm not going to talk about what those might be. That's not the purpose of this program. I'm just saying that those things may exist. But also, on a private level, there are responsibilities that you would expect people to have. For example, if an individual is responsible for themselves, then you would expect that they would provide themselves with whatever food they need to eat, with whatever clothing they need to wear, with a place to live, a place to get out of the rain, snow or heat, whatever it may be, you would expect that if an individual is responsible for themselves, then they would be busy throughout their lives fulfilling their responsibilities. But unfortunately, there tends to be a shift of responsibility where people are looking for an easier way out. They're looking for a way to get other people to be responsible, to provide these things, so that perhaps an individual doesn't have to work as much or as hard or save as much as they would have to otherwise. So people will eventually shift responsibilities, the government will need an increase in authority, and there is no end to this until there is tyranny and slavery. That's the end. There will always be bondage in any governmental structure. It will always happen because the people will always decay in this kind of a direction. This is the history of humanity throughout the recorded history that we have at our disposal. How long does it take before a people have freedom, establish a legitimate government structure, and then it eventually falls? It could be two, three hundred years. It's difficult to say. You take some time and go through the history books that I'm sure you have at your disposal and you research these things and find out how long governments tend to survive before they collapse or they are replaced by another. And this is generally wise because the responsibilities that they are given by the people require them to have authority. And this authority eventually crushes the people. Now, what I mean by the people, of course, in this sense, is the private sector. You have the private sector and you have the public sector. Now, for the public sector to function, it depends on the private sector to do what they do, being responsible for themselves and giving a portion of what they have to the public sector. But eventually, when the public sector grows to the point where it requires more than what the private sector can provide, well, then things will collapse under the weight of the burden on the private sector because the public sector doesn't produce anything. It only takes from part of the private sector and gives to another part of the private sector, minus a small commission, of course. That's how it works. And so when when do things start looking bad? When do things start looking ugly? When does this happen? And when do we apply Romans chapter 13 or when do we not apply Romans chapter 13? Well, this is a very difficult 
question to answer. At least for me, I find it to be a very difficult question to answer. I have to say that I honestly do not know exactly when this transition happens. But I do know, I do know that it does generally happen, and I can get an approximation concerning when it happens. This is how I can get an approximation. Start with Romans chapter 13, verse 1. It says, Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Well, that's true. The Lord our God has the authority to put people into power, to take them out of power. And if he did not put a person in power, he can take them out. Or if he did, he can take them out. He can intervene in a divine way at any time he wants to. And so because of that, he does have ultimate authority. But then in verse 2, Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good, but if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger, who brings wrath on the one who practices evil." Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes, and that's what I was talking about in the previous program as the subject of taxes. And so here we have clear verses, very clear verses, saying that we should be subject to government. But on the other hand, there comes a point when a government becomes so tyrannical, you have to wonder, is this really what God wants? Is this really what he has for the people of humanity? Is this really what he wants to see? Is this what he's talking about? And in many cases, you have to say no. No, it just simply does not apply. When did that transition happen? Because governments don't normally start that way. When does that happen? Again, as I said earlier, I don't really know. But I can get an approximation concerning when that happens. Now, this happens generally when the people who are in the public sector eventually use their authority in a way that is inappropriate. When that happens, I, of course, don't know, and it's a very difficult thing to identify because we're talking about the people, not the government. You see, the government is nothing more than the collection of people. It's just people. There are people who go to their offices and work. There are people who go to the fields and they plow the field and they work the field. There are people who get on boats and transport things across the ocean. There are people who are doing things all the time. And there are people who go and they take money from other people, calling it taxes, and they give it to somebody else minus a small commission. And the commission is what they live on. But they are people nonetheless. And there may be legitimate purposes and reasons for taxation like that, but there may be illegitimate purposes and reasons as well. The people may function within the boundaries of the law using their authority appropriately, but they may function outside of the boundaries of the law using their authority inappropriately. And when does this happen? You never know, because it really depends on the individuals. It's all about the people. But this is what I want you to see. I want you to see this, is that there are people in the private sector 
who give their responsibilities to other people who are in the public sector, and eventually they have to transfer the necessary authority as well. And unfortunately, the size of the public sector gets to the point where it crushes the private sector, and there just isn't anything that can be done at that point. There's nothing that can be done. But the people in the public sector may misuse or abuse their authority, or they may pass laws, they may make decisions that even if the people say is okay, it's still not okay. And how can I say that it's not okay? It depends on what God has to say about it. Let me give an example. If the people who work in your local government office, or maybe in a government office that's far away, if those people call you on the phone and tell you to go across the street and murder one of your neighbors, is that the right thing to do? I don't think so. I really don't. I think that that is the wrong thing to do. Or if they tell you to go across the street and go into your neighbor's house and take all of their wealth that you can find in that house, put it in one room, and then take half of it and put it on a truck or whatever and deliver it to those people who called you, who have the authority to tell you to do that. Is it the right thing to do that? Is it right to murder people? Is it right to steal from people? Is that right? If I am a person who has the authority to pass a law that says that that's right, does that make it right? I don't think so. And so somewhere between the time when the people in the public sector are working to protect people's private property, to protect people's lives, somewhere between that time in history and the time in history when the people in the government begin murdering people and taking their property, there was definitely a change somewhere in between those two time periods. And that change would then be the point where that public sector, the people, the government of that public sector, no longer fit within what is described here in Romans chapter 13. Because if the people in the government are telling you to murder people, then how can they be ministers of God? Or if they are telling you to steal from people, then how can they be ministers of God? How can that be the case? Again, beginning in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Well, you would expect that they would then be in subjection to God, and if they are, then they would not be doing things that are obviously against the laws that he has provided for us. In verse 2, Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God. Well, if the authorities are executing the ordinance of God, then of course. But if the ordinances that they establish are contrary to the law of God, well, then that's something totally different. That's not what he's talking about. If they pass a law saying that you need to go steal from people and give them a percentage of what you take, if that's the ordinance that people declare, well, then they're no longer within within the boundaries that are defined in verse 2. In verse 3, for rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior. Well, how do you know? And what what is this good behavior? How do we define good behavior? 
I mean, if, if you believe that it is okay, that it is, it is reasonable to speak freely, if you think that it's good behavior to speak freely, to freely express what's in your heart, regardless of whether somebody likes it or doesn't like it, if you believe that it's good to allow people the freedom to say whatever is on their heart, to believe whatever they want to believe and express that, whether it's religion or laws or whatever it may be, if you believe that, but the people in the public sector decided otherwise, well then, they have just declared that good behavior is evil behavior, right? And so they are escaping the boundaries of what is described here. They are no longer within the intent of this verse. If the government tells you to steal things from people or murder people, then why would they punish you if you do not? What if somebody attempts to harm you? Somebody in the private sector, they attempt to harm you, and you defend yourself in whatever way you can. What happens if you do it in a way that they say is inappropriate? Are they saying that it is it is bad behavior for you to protect yourself from somebody else? You should let them hurt you. And if you don't let them hurt you, then you are evil and you need to be afraid. Let me ask you something. Do you fear your government, the people in your government, do you fear them if you protect yourself from somebody else trying to hurt you? If you are afraid of them, then chances are they don't fit in this category. If somebody comes into your dwelling place for the purpose of murdering you or stealing from you, and you cannot use whatever means physically possible to protect yourself, if you can't do that, because if you do, then the government is going to come and punish you, then I don't think they fit within the boundaries of verse 3 anymore. They are calling good evil and evil good. That's what they're doing. That's what the people are doing. Continuing into verse 3, Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Well, what happens when there are people who obviously practice evil by stealing, by murdering? I'm just using these two as examples because they tend to be quite popular when civilizations are in decline. I'm just picking on those two, but you can pick on any law of God, for example, in order to address this. But what happens when they start calling evil good and good evil? Then they are no longer within the boundaries of these verses. They are the total opposite. In verse 5, therefore it is necessary to be in subjection not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. Well, of course, if you are violating the law of God, if you are violating people, if this is true then, of course, you should have a problem with your conscience. And if you don't have a problem with your conscience, then you have some deeper issues than you realize. But my point is, is that if the people in the public sector, the people who are the rulers, if they are representatives of God, as is described here, if they are fulfilling those responsibilities, then they are going to behave a little differently. They're going to behave differently than other people who do not fear God, who do not know God, and who are willing to lie and steal and murder people for whatever reason it may be. 
you need to be able to distinguish between the two. And when this transition happens, I honestly don't know. Because, again, it's a personal matter. It's a situation where if you have hundreds of thousands of people in the public sector and only 5,000 people are doing things that are inappropriate, you might find it difficult to identify that this transition has started to happen. But once there are half the people, half the people in the public sector who are behaving inappropriately, who are using their authority in a way that they shouldn't use their authority, when half of the people are violating the law of God by establishing other laws that are contrary to the law of God, when that happens, it becomes a little bit easier to notice. But when the majority of the people in the public sector are misusing the authority that was given to them, then it can become obvious that Paul is not talking about these people at all. He's talking about other people. Now, another way that you can identify this transition is through this concept of servants. We would expect that people who are in the public sector are servants of the people in the private sector. In this case, servants in the sense that they ensure that the people in the private sector have rights to their property, have the ability to protect themselves, have the ability to fulfill their responsibilities. But when this transition happens, when the people in the public sector begin to look at the private sector as if the people in the private sector exist to be servants of the public sector, when this transition happens, then you know you're definitely outside of the boundaries of Romans chapter 13. So you could ask yourself a similar question. Are you in a time in history, in the region of the world that you are in, are you in a time of history where your leaders, the people who are supposedly your servants, do they seem to look at you as if you are truly their servants? Has that transition happened? When that kind of a transition happens, there really isn't a whole lot that can be done. Now, Paul says, pay taxes. That's what he says. And I will definitely say that if you are under the authority of people who are in the government, who are the government, if you are in that kind of a situation, then it's my opinion that you should pay taxes. I really do believe that, not because of Romans chapter 13, not not because of that. Because if I was to look at it from that point of view, I could say that you have a legitimate right not to pay taxes. I will say it from this point of view, and that is that you had better pay the taxes. Otherwise, especially if it's an involuntary tax, then they are going to cause harm to you that just simply may not be worth it. I mean, it just might not be worth it. So you have a decision to make at that point. When this transition takes place where the government is no longer within the boundaries of Romans 13, you have a decision to make. You either stay there and be subject to the authority. You try to overthrow the authority. I suppose that's an option, but I don't want to encourage that. So you either stay there and be subject to the authority, or you go somewhere else. You leave. That's it. Those are your options. Because if you... Try to stay and not be subject to the authority. Well, then you're going to experience significant consequences that will most certainly reduce your ability to do much of anything after that, whether it be for the Lord or not. So this is the issue. You either subject yourself to the government that you are under or you go find another one to be subject to. That's it. Those are your only two real options. And I certainly can't give you any suggestions concerning where you might go or who might be better than somebody else. But, you know, when you have a planet filled with many different governments, this does provide an opportunity for competition. The governments can compete 
with each other. And you know there are some good people who really want to have their own personal responsibilities. They really want to be responsible for themselves. And I believe that you will find some places, some governments, some people who are willing to allow you to have the freedom to assume those responsibilities and that there are others who won't allow you to have the freedom to fulfill your personal responsibilities. And so you're just going to have to go and find some place that you feel comfortable in, that you can function in, so that you can fulfill your own personal responsibilities. You have to be responsible for yourself and for those who are depending on you. If there are people who are depending on you, then you have to make these kinds of decisions sometimes to just go. And there are governments who want people who are responsible for themselves and they will provide you probably with incentives to make a move so that you can go and pay taxes to them as opposed to paying taxes to somebody else. But again, the issue is, is that you do need, you need to have people who will help you, who will help you in the sense that they will protect you, protect your rights and your freedoms and your responsibilities, and who will be there to help you in the event that somebody tries to violate those. You need people in positions of authority in a government of some kind, and they need the resources to fulfill their obligations. And that's because we live in a fallen world. And in order to maintain civilization and order, it's necessary for these things to exist. But when the people who have positions of authority go outside of the boundaries that God has established, they go outside by using their authority in a way that is definitely contrary to what our God has declared concerning what is good and evil. When that happens, then I I don't believe Romans chapter 13 was written about those kinds of people. But even though it wasn't written about those kinds of people, it was still written for other kinds of people. And it is quite likely that you'll be able to find those other people in some other place, somewhere else, and they will allow you to live honorably, with integrity, righteously, not robbing, not stealing, not murdering, not violating other people, not enslaving other people. I do believe that we will always have somewhere where we can go in this world where we can be at peace with those who are around us. And I will continue in the next broadcast. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net